would you agree that we're not, we wouldn't class ourselves as like a, a newsy pod, would we? <laughs> no, no, we, we, we talk about news and topics going on. Issues and yeah. topics, but we, we don't bill ourselves as join us every week and we'll keep you up to date with everything that's going we on. We are not a news station, that is correct. <laughs> news station. <laughs> so these are, <laughs> these are two words that I thought I'd never say mm. on a tennis podcast and they are time stamp. And the reason I say that is because we're dealing with this story that is changing. It feels like every hour. It feels like something is happening every hour. So just to say that we are speaking to each other, I've got to think what day it is, Friday lunchtime. So this is, I guess, everything to the point of where we're at Friday lunchtime. I am, of course, talking about Novak Djokovic, Tennis Australia, Border Control, the Australian government, visas, vaccinations, where do we start? What was okay? Take me back to earlier in the week when I don't know. Take me back to when you saw the Instagram post of Novak Djokovic in his bag saying, "Hey, I've got my exemption and I'm off." What What was your first thought at that point? Well, I think the first thought is probably similar to an awful lot of people, which was uh, that's not going to go down well. You know, it's just it's not going to go down <laughs> well in Australia you, with what they've been through and and the fact that he's you know quite a a vaccine skeptic like he's been quite vocal about that and yeah i mean it's it's not that's that was my initial reaction it seems that it's not gone down well in a number of ways i yeah it's um what an extraordinary situation just absolutely extraordinary that we can be in this position that Djokovic can be in this position. I mean, we actually decided to record the pod uh, today and to talk about it because we were thinking, right, we've, we, nothing's going to happen now until Monday because that's when his um, his uh, court, is it court, is it trial? I don't know what it is, <laughs> whatever it is. His case will be heard on Monday properly and the decision will come on Monday. Um, and we thought, oh, well, nothing will change uh, before then. And we decided this yesterday. And then today we get the news about Renata Vorakova. Uh, so she's being sent home. So I mean, we've just got to sort of talk about where we're at right now. It is absolutely remarkable. I don't think anyone can deny that this is not a sh- complete shambles. It's, it's, I don't know what is going on. It's a mess. I remember when it, it was unfolding on that evening when we heard it being detained at the airport upon landing and we were messaging each other. We were sending each other screenshots of things we were seeing and, and our thoughts on it. And I just thought, and someone, it's just a mess. There are there are no winners in this situation. I don't see anyone, yes, we can go through it and certain people are doing, they're following the rules, doing what they should be doing. People have more blame on them than other people, but there are no winners in this situation. It's just an awful look all round. He Djokovic comes through his case or his trial on Monday and he stays. Should he play? If he wins, that's tarnished. If he loses early, wasn't the right frame of mind. If he comes through and he's cleared and he and he leaves, that leaves a bad taste. If his visa is not reinstated and he leaves it, I mean, where where is there a winner in this situation? It's just so. It's so messy and there are so many strands. That's what I don't understand. We talk about breakdown in communication, people not speaking to each other. They have had, and I know the pandemic is is ever evolving and it's ever changing, but I'm sorry, this is, it. it's starting to feel now this could have been avoidable, the situation that we found ourselves in. Well, sure. I mean, he could have got vaccinated. That would have avoided everything. Um, but 
Oh, yeah. It, it, do you know what? You saying there's no winners, you're absolutely right. But on top of that, there are, there are going to be some significant losers here because it's somebody's fault that he thought he could come to Australia and play the Australian Open. Like somebody allowed him to think that. Now, whether that is the sort of the the medical boards that approved the exemption, whether it was the Victorian government that didn't make things clear, whether it was Tennis Australia not relaying the right information, because, you know, he got on that plane, he posted that Instagram post thinking that everything would be absolutely fine. Otherwise, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have gone. Um, you know, his documents weren't checked remotely before he went, you know, all of this sort of stuff. So, I mean, they there's going to be a significant loser. I mean, Djokovic is already a massive loser in this situation. Okay, look, he could have gone home. He could have just got jumped on a plane and gone home. He, people keep saying that he's being held and detained. He, as long as he wants to stay in the country, he's not allowed to leave where he is, but he can fly home or fly somewhere else. Um, so it, it's not like he's sort of in, in prison, but he's obviously trying to change the decision so regardless of the outcome for Djokovic he's a massive loser here because he's ended up in this detention center and this just massive uh well it's just yeah this just complete mess that he's he's in that's going to be stressful and really frustrating for him but then if he does get it overturned he goes and plays Australian Open what sort of reception is he going to get I just I just don't think he should I, I can see why he's now fought to stay there and, and fight this. And I've gone through so many emotions with Djokovic as, as I tend to do anyway. I, because he believed he was... right. Yes, it goes back to he should have just got vaccinated or should have made the decision not to go to Australia because of everything that's going on, right? But he decided to go through and apply for an exemption. It was granted, right? So he goes, he boards that plane in Dubai believing he's got all the paperwork. I think it was... I think it was... I don't think he should have done that Instagram post. I don't think sort of waving it around in people's faces who have been in such hard quarantine is a very good idea to go, hey, I got an exemption of one more way. But he believed he was coming in to the country with the right paperwork. And we can get into that, right? So, but, so I now see why he's almost fighting to stay and get it overturned because in his mind, he's saying, well, hang on a second. I had everything right here. You know, if he had just suddenly turned around and got back on the plane, he would have looked very much in the wrong but he's saying I was told I could come in so I can see why he's fighting to get it overturned but if I were him if it is overturned because he believed he was not I would go home but but, because but he you, you win say, 20 look, you say that like he says I was told I could come in but by who who told him tennis Australia tennis Australia he's from from everything we're hearing he and there's bits coming out on social media that the players were were sent information from Tennis Australia saying that unvaccinated players will be allowed in. This will have to happen X, Y, and Z. He believed he would have some point got a visa thing like I have for next Thursday. I'm, I'm vaccinated, but I still had to apply for a visa. It says granted, right? He would have had a letter that said granted on it. He also had a medical exemption letter. So from that point of view, he believed he would turn up and maybe there'd be a couple of questions, right? But that he would be allowed in because he had the documentation that he believed would allow him in so I see him wanting to as it were clear his name on that front but don't then go forward and play the tournament look if anyone can do it from a a mental point of view having gone through all that he probably could go and win it and he wants 21 he wants to get the male record he's won it nine times he well he would have been the favorite ahead of this but he wins it it's tarnished it's all we'll be talking about right he loses to whoever second third round 
was it worth it? Do you know what I mean? I think that I, I can see what he's going through this process and he stayed there. But if I were him, if they turned around and said, okay, you can have the visa, I would get on a plane and I would leave. Yeah, I mean, he feels like it's a matter of principle now, doesn't it, for him? Because yeah. it's a nightmare scenario, I think, um, for for him, for his his team. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, the scenes from Belgrade with his mum and dad and, and brother, what they've been, you know, this sort of rallying cry. And as I say... He could he could just get on a plane and go home to to Belgrade or to wherever he could go to Monaco wherever he wants to go. Um, you know he doesn't have to stay there, but if he wants to play the tournament, then he has to stay and and overturn it. So you know, he does have options. He's not being held hostage <laughs> or anything like that, which I think is some of the the sort of the language coming from the Djokovic's back in, in Belgrade. Um, but just, I, I, I'm, I'm just at a loss. Like, I'm just stumped by the whole thing um, until we get more information. I mean, you said to me before, a little earlier on, to listen to the No Challenges Remaining podcast because they did a fantastic episode. Um, Brilliant. You know, yeah. really detailing everything that we know so far. And uh, I mean, it just comes down to communication, doesn't it? I mean, it's just an extraordinary communication breakdown and I think whatever happens with Djokovic even if he went on and won the tournament I mean if I were him and as I say you know look he could have avoided this by getting vaccinated he's obviously tried to play the exemption card but that card was made available to him and then granted as you were saying because if it had been denied he wouldn't have gone and if it wasn't an option well would he have gone or would he have got vaccinated I don't know you know we, we don't know but like it, it, oh, I don't know. It's just, it's so, it's so remarkable. Listening, and I would advise everybody as you were to listen to that latest um, NCR No Challenges Remaining podcast, but it seems they've had, con- it's been confirmed that the reason was that he had had COVID in the last six months. Because um, I think the, the I, we were talking about this, I looked at the UK medical exemption for coming in unvaccinated and it's tiny I mean it's it's tiny one of them is you're suffering from an acute illness or something which would be strange for the world number one to be suffering that so it has been it seems to have been confirmed that he was saying that he's had COVID in the last six months which they believed uh, they were told whatever it turns out to be that that would allow them in that would allow them to get a medical exemption and then from what we're hearing it seems as though Novak Djokovic didn't have enough documentation to support the fact that he had said he'd had COVID in the last six months. And that, and then it came to light, and you touched on it at the beginning, that another player and a coach were allowed in on that same visa and for that same reasoning. But they had a lot more documentation to support the fact they'd had COVID in the last six months. But now we're being told that this Czech player, who we believe to be the player that was allowed in for the same reason, has had her visa revoked. And that border control is saying, well, we told these guys that that was never going to be allowed as an exemption. I mean, I, I'm not sure how how this is, how it's got to the point that we're here and we've got the world number one and another tennis player in a hotel, one about to be, we believe, deported and the other one fighting to get the things overturned. I mean, how does it, did you ever at any point, and it, it seems to change, it has been changing day by day. At one point, I thought that maybe... The, the government were using Djokovic as a scapegoat 
because there was such an outcry, understandably so, from the people of Victoria and the Melbournians in particular, who suffered such a horrendous lockdown. We know friends who were, I mean, it was brutal what they went through. And there's Djokovic going, hey, here's my letter, I'm coming. And he hasn't been vaccinated. And there was a period when I thought, are they making... Are they making something out of Djokovic? You know, are they kind of tarring and feathering him and dragging him down the street to make an example, to curry favour with the people? You know, was was he being used as a political football at some point during this? Oh, well, I mean, quite possibly. But it, it's hard to to follow. And I think what stumped me, because I listened to that No Challenges Remaining podcast that Ben did, and it was very interesting, but this was before the Renata Vorakova thing had happened and that she had been, her visa had been cancelled. Um, because the general consensus was exactly as you were saying that they had lots of other documentation supporting evidence and could provide a lot more proof than Djokovic was able to. He only had the one page, just had the one doctor signing it off. He he only like he didn't have any sort of like lab test or and all this sort of stuff that they wanted as proof of his positive test. He just had a doctor saying he tested positive or, or whatever it was. So. That's what they were saying on the podcast. And then that sort of made sense. And you think, okay, I can see, look, it probably was kicked off by Djokovic's Instagram posts and the reaction. And I'm sure they tightened up on him even further because of that. But you could argue that, okay, well, these people were let through because they had lots of supporting evidence, lots of proof. And he was not because he just, it just wasn't sufficient and it shouldn't have been granted in the first place. Now, that's really, you know, it's a real shame for Djokovic to have to turn around and go home. The exemption should never have been granted or, or whatever. But uh, so that's a bit of a, a, a mistake. But And that all sort of makes sense until now Vorakova is being sent home. Even though she's gone out, she's played a tournament in Melbourne and she's, we assume, is one of the players who had all this extra supporting uh, evidence with her proof. Um, I also heard rumours that they're looking for the, I think it's an official as well who came on the, the exemption to, to see what that status is. So they're going to be investigating that thoroughly. So now it doesn't make sense at all because now it, we're back to, well, why on earth were, were any of them allowed to come in the first place? Why were they allowed to be exempt if, 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 and and why did you let her through and the official through? And then I, it's a, I, I, there's been so many failures, <laughs> I think, along the line here. Because if they're saying initially, if, if if border force, border control is saying, we told them that having COVID, that wouldn't get you a medical exemption, that that wouldn't allow you in. And then as you're saying, Vorakova obviously got in and maybe an official, we were told there was a coach. So was it because... They had the supporting evidence and was it because it feels like it was a combination of the person who saw, say, Vorakova through. She probably had a medical exemption letter. She had five or six pieces from different doctors. They thought, oh, that's all that's all in order. And off she went. But then that that mix, this this sort of potent, powerful mix of the outcry from Djokovic making his, hey, I'm on my way, everyone. I'm coming. And the outcry to that, the politicians getting involved, maybe that triggered someone at Border Force to think, well, hang on a second, what's this? I don't know. It feels like a, a few have slipped through the, the, the border control net if they had said that that wouldn't qualify for an exemption. Otherwise, Vorakova should have got to border control. They should have looked and said, well, actually, it doesn't matter whether you've got 50 pieces of paper saying you had COVID. That is not an allowed reason to get a medical exemption. So I, I think it... I, I don't think what's so interesting is that once Djokovic put that post up, he then got on his plane and then then it, everyone kicked off. And then a few hours later, 
um, the Victorian government were saying, um, well, we, you know, we well, we look forward to being presented with his evidence at the border. So that was even way before he landed and was refused entry. Like they were saying, he's going to need to prove it. But then we were like, but he's already got the exemption. Has he not already proved it? I don't know. It's um, it's like the left hand. It's a disaster, really. Well, the left hand's not talking to the right hand because initially Border Force said sufficient evidence for his exemption had not been demonstrated. We're led to believe it was just, I think it was one doctor's letter and, and some... And again, I, people are going to stop listening to us, and they're just going to go and listen to the NCR podcast because it was it was so it was so informative <laughs> and it explained everything so well. But he just didn't have he didn't have the paperwork to get him through. Would it have made a difference if he had turned up with everything, or was it the outcry from the public that suddenly made people sit up and say, "Well, hang on, how does this happen?" But at the same time, so Tennis Australia had two. I think that's why the, the emotions have just gone back and forth on this because. Initially, everyone said, well, this is outrageous. He got the exemption because he's Djokovic. Then we hear it was it was blind, two blind panels. So they didn't know whether it was a Vorokova or a Djokovic. Do you know what I mean? They just had the facts and it was rigorous. And we had the best virologists and specialists in Australia all together. And it passed with flying colours. So at that point, you say, OK, then we might not agree with it, but it's been passed and he's got this medical exemption. But then there's a whole another section saying, well, he couldn't have that. I, I, do not understand. I, I do not understand how this, is, this has happened. And I feel really sorry for the, for the people of Victoria, everything they've been through. And I can understand why they are up in arms. And really, Djokovic, and again, I've, I've said this before, whether he's vaccinated or not, that was never my point. I hated the mystery surrounding this. I hated the way we had months and months of speculation when we were always going to know if he was or wasn't as to whether he went to Australia or not. But just... How we get ourselves into this situation, how Djokovic is, how can it be such an, and I, I have an element of sympathy for him, the situation he now finds himself in, if he truly went there believing he had everything correct. But how can someone who is so incredible, so intelligent, and plays the most amazing tennis, everything he does in a tennis court, within reason, is phenomenal, be so... I don't know. Is he advised badly? Does he does he believe he's above everything else? I, I don't get it. Some of the stuff he does makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, and it, it it's tough as well because you know obviously the 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 public opinion of him within the tennis world in Australia. I'm sure he's very popular. He's won the Australian Open nine times. I want to say yeah. nine times, going for number ten if he can get there. Um, you know, he is extraordinarily popular within Melbourne Park, but you've got to put a bit of context on it as well in that throughout the pandemic, you know, some of the decisions that he's made, as you were alluding to sort of the Adria tour and this and that, all the while, you know, Australia have been, you know, really taking a big brunt of the restrictions and and lockdowns big time as he's been off traveling all around the world playing in Indian Wells in October he's played in Paris a couple of times um you know he's just been trotting around the world like like nothing's happening and okay he's maybe had to stay in a bubble but these you know the the Australian citizens for nearly 2 years have not been able to see family members go to funerals cross borders they haven't been able to come home Australians have been stranded all over the place um you know it is absolutely you know, you can understand the bad feeling 
sort of towards him. Also, he's a he's a vaccine skeptic. And I mentioned last time on the pod when we were talking about it, because we've been talking about this for ages, in that um, different cultures, even just within the Western world, have really different views on vaccinations. I was saying that America, you know, they, they're a lot more positive towards vaccinations than Europe are. Europe have kind of got a bit, bigger skeptic population. Australia are very, very vaccinated in their percentage in comparison to a lot of other Western Western countries, it took them a while to get going with the vaccinations, but you know, that's it. They have their rules, and you know, if you're not vaccinated, you can't go to shops, you can't go to restaurants, you can't work, you can't do all of these things. You have to have that that COVID pass, and they're not alone in that. You know, the states is, is looking fairly similar, and as you were saying, coming into the UK. You know, we're currently having a debate around COVID passes in in the UK as to you know what's required, but some workplaces require it. Some places that I work require that I have to have a, a COVID pass, and uh, and others don't. So they have other procedures in place, but you know, so there's just there is this varying sort of thing, and yeah, I don't know. It's quite I don't, I don't know where we go from here. Because again, unfortunately, like the you know we've been talking about Peng Shui as the last news story, which is still ongoing. And as I said, there's not going to be a resolution to it. I don't really see how there's a resolution to this. If I was Djokovic at the end of this, whether he gets sent home, whether he plays, whether he wins the thing, I would be fuming. I'd be absolutely fuming. And I know that he's put himself in the situation, and I absolutely agree with Nadal that look. He, there were ways to th- for this not to happen. He's he's given himself the risk of this happening. And, and it's like, you know, some of my friends who've got stuck on holiday or had to race to the border to get to France because they were going skiing for Christmas. Whatever it was, like, everybody knows there's a risk you take when you travel of, like, these rules can change, you know, and they're, they're, they're pretty fluid. And, you know, you know I, I do understand that. But I think if he had been told that he could go and that he could play and he had the OK and this has been the situation that he's arrived to, I'd be pretty I'd be pretty annoyed. Well, I think unlike the Peng Shui situation, this will be resolved. There will be a resolution to this. He just won't be a happy one. Again, we go back to no. what we said at the beginning. No one, no one comes out as a winner. And isn't there a situation where he could actually be banned from going back to Australia for three years? I mean, this is... I can't see that happening though because but, but, that just feels quite unnecessary because he was told that he could he could go so you know this is this is a time of year when we should be excited and talking about the start of the tennis year season we should be talking about the form that Naomi Osaka is in having come back to tennis looking phenomenal Ash Barty looking fired up and just Sophia Kenin I mean she's what defending 90% of her points just all these little stories the the ATP cup which honestly and it's nothing to do with Djokovic thing has kind of passed me by but that's been taking place but it's been overshadowed by this the players are all going to be asked about this when there is a resolution say he is allowed in and say he stays that's all everyone is going to talk about that is all anything he is going to be asked about that is going to be the focus if he goes back it will probably die down after a first few days you know when the tennis actually starts we've got other stories to be talking about but it, it it doesn't look well. You know, there's going to be political journalists wanting to come to get accreditation and get access and speak to people at Tennis Australia. You know, it, it's become, it, it's left tennis again. We've talked, haven't we, recently about these stories that are transcending tennis, whether they're good ones, a good story like Emma Raducanu, transcended tennis. Everybody I'd bump into would just say, Emma, how's Emma? I don't know who Emma is, but I know who you're talking about. You know, whether it's a, a good tennis story or in this case, a bad tennis story story it's just 
it's unbelievable, isn't it? It's just, it's front, it's back pages. We're getting calls and texts from people wanting to talk about it, get the latest on it. And there is just no, and people might listen to this and saying, oh, well, we're sympathising with Djokovic. I do have a lot of sympathy for the position he's now in. But again, I don't think he should have gone. I'd love him to get vaccinated. This all could have been avoided. But he went there thinking like, you know, I fly next Thursday and I've I've got my vaccination thing I've uploaded. I fly there in the knowledge that I have everything I need. And it's like turning up mm. and suddenly, well, actually, that's wrong. Whereas, you know, everything's been put in place and, and I believe I'm going to be allowed in. And hopefully I'm going to be allowed in. But it's so you have to have sympathy for the guy. And now, but one thing, and you'd agree with this, we would defend our children to the ends of the earth. But I can't help thinking that his mum and dad uh, they might not be helping that much. I mean, staging rallies. I've heard him compared to Jesus Christ and he's the Spartacus of this generation and, and he's not allowed to do that. Well, there's certain things he's not allowed to do because he's in a quarantine hotel and he doesn't have a visa and he has to be treated like everybody else. Just because he's Novak Djokovic, if he's, if he's Mr. X on a piece of paper, he's Mr. X without a visa. And it can't be seen that he's having stuff delivered in or being taken out for practice. So unfortunately... He has to follow the same rules as anybody else coming in that doesn't have a visa. So, I mean, his parents kind of staging rallies. You know, they want to support their child, of course. But I mean, I don't I mean, you know, where does that end? I, I don't I don't see that. I don't see it changing anything. And I don't see it necessarily ending that well. Yeah. I mean, one thing I would say is that uh, being deported is, uh, well, it's not a common occurrence on the tennis tour. Uh, definitely below the tour, it happens. I, I know more than one player that has been sent home um, on arrival. And it's normally... Um, because they didn't get the correct visa and they sort of knew that they knew they didn't get the correct visa because they're trying to chance it now a lot of because the the problem is just mainly where your passport physically is sending it to embassies going to embassies getting paperwork in time you know everybody's they're going to countries and earning money you need to have the correct visa and when you get to the tour the tours are incredibly helpful with this everybody's got their sort of agents doing it and you sort of get into this slicker process although we still do see some problems creep up here and there um so it's not um as i say it's not unheard of that a tennis player would get sent home um when they've turned up it's, it's slightly more bizarre that you'd be allowed to play one of the tournaments and then sent home <laughs> afterwards so renata's got to be sitting there going what <laughs> i don't understand but surely that doesn't bode well for djokovic no, of course not. No. Because um, if, if they're trying to... Because they're, they're doubling down, aren't they? Yeah, they're saying, they're saying, okay, so she came in on the same visa as you for the same reason. We've said that's not a reason. Therefore, there is not a chance that they're going to overturn because she will say the same thing as Djokovic. She'll say, A, I believed I had the right paperwork. And in her case, we're led to believe she had more paperwork to substantiate her claim of having COVID in the last six months. So if she has been whisked off, having already been wandering around and playing tournaments or a tournament then surely there is I, I, I can see why he has fought to stay there to fight this because he believes he was in the right and far as that's concerned but surely 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 with her being detained and and now to be deported he doesn't stand a chance of this being overturned yeah and sort of what I my head just sort of jumps to like what does he think is going to happen like moving forward if we look beyond the Australian Open because 
in the States, it will be the same thing. He will have to have an exemption. He can't just continue saying he gets COVID every six months. Um, you, you know, so like, as in, what's he going to do there? And, and some of the European countries are going to have similar rules as well. And is he just going to be... Did he just expect that he would be able to get exemptions everywhere? Because otherwise you're just best off getting the vaccination and then just save all the stress because you're not you're not going to get into these just it's not going to work but i guess he thought that he'd be able to he'd be able to get these exemptions everywhere that he's going because it's going to be a you know i was saying originally like not even that long ago maybe 6 weeks 2 months ago i was saying that um it seemed like it was only Australia that was going to be doing it. Well, for the moment, it was only Australia. So that's all he needs to think about. But then it actually quite quickly after that became apparent because the, the, there have been announcements in the States and, and that sort of thing that actually this is going to be, not everywhere, but it's going to be at quite a, quite a few quite a few events. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What's he thinking? Well, like, well how is this going to play out? He's going to have to get a vaccination. That's, I think that's really interesting in that if he'd been allowed in on this exemption of having COVID in the last six months, it, it's a one shot, isn't it? Yes, it gets him into Australia. And yes, he's won it nine times. And he would have been favourite to get number 10. And that would have given him 21. And we know this. It's about the records. It's about history. It's about being the best. And he's missed some chances. Yeah, but he wouldn't then just go, oh, OK, I'm not getting a vaccination, so I'm just not going to play tennis anymore. That'd be ridiculous. No, but he could, no, but he could get the record and get to 21. He's got that record. And then he could work out things will change. Things will change. Things will ease. Things might get worse. Things will lessen. We don't know how every country is going to react. There will be right, so changes. Just stalling just to see what happens. Possibly. Yeah, possibly to enough. try, you know, get 21. That would have brought him the adulation of you are now the, the, the greatest male tennis player because you have 21. Then his, he would have eyed up Margaret Courts at, at 24. But he'd get to 21. He'd start off the year and then he would just deal with it as it happened because he doesn't mind about the other tournaments so much if he misses them. And maybe there he could have spoke. I, I don't know how it worked at Roland Garros. Would it have been the, the same discussions between the government and, and Roland Garros? Would it have been different? Would he have held more sway? Would he wouldn't, w- maybe he wouldn't have done. Then it comes to Wimbledon and you've moved right through until the summer and the situation would have changed there. And we heard today in the UK, you, you don't have to take a, a PCR test to come back into the UK. It's got nothing to do with unvaccinated people who still have to isolate, but Things can change a lot in six months or so. So maybe he was stalling. Maybe he plans to get the vaccination. I don't know. Maybe he wanted more information. I mean, this is going to apply to, it was, I think it's Pierre Goubert who hasn't travelled because he hasn't been vaccinated. And there was talk in France that President Macron was going to make all professional French athletes compulsory, mandate it to take the vaccine. So you know, what happens to in that situation? And, and in Italy, I think over 50s now, they have to have the vaccine. So maybe it was just an issue that he was going to stall, get to Australia, get 21, and then reevaluate and just do it as he goes along. Because yeah, that was a one shot. That was a one shot thing. The I've had it in six months. So can I come in? Yes, he can, because we will but let he you. he must have been very confident that it was going to work. Because like you were saying before, he was running out of time to get the jab so if um you know even if he'd had the johnson and johnson you have to it still has to be sort of weeks after that i mean would he have had time if he'd had his exemption refused he would have just have been able to squeeze him but then he would have literally been landing just before the tournament which would have been a nightmare but yeah 
yeah, if his exemption had been refused, would he then have gone, okay, I'm going to go and get the Johnson and Johnson one shot. And then I've got 14 days until I can go. Cause you're not fully vaccinated until 14 days afterwards. But, but I don't think so. Cause if you're prepared to take it, you just take it. So do you see what I mean? If, if, he doesn't get an exemption. Oh, okay, I'll take the vaccine. So you take think, the you think anyway. under no circumstances he would take it? So if, if well, that's all the American like. tournaments, if the French Open, if Wimbledon, if everybody said like you have to have it, there's no exceptions. You could even see him doubling down on this now. I, I can't see, with everything he's gone through, I can't see him coming home and say, okay, then I'll get vaccinated. I mean, this is the guy who cried after he had elbow surgery because he tried everything to heal it with natural methods and he had to go under a traditional route that you or I would do for an elbows. And he cried because he didn't want that in his body and he didn't he didn't want to go through it. You know, he, he has alternative way of thinking. He has alternative beliefs that we, we touched on in, in the lockdown didn't go down too well. He has a different way of approaching things if he's that adamant and again we don't really know the reasons but we're now told it was because he'd he doesn't have a condition but he said it had it in six months if he's been that strong on it i don't know but maybe maybe he does do a u-turn and say okay then i don't know maybe he's waiting for some information maybe i don't know but i just if if sort of you're saying well if if the exemption had been denied beginning of december oh, i'll just go and have your johnson johnson then if that was his mindset, you'd just do it anyway. So he must have been quite confident that he'd get the exemption. I don't know what conversations he had with relevant people in Australia, but he must have been quite confident that there was a, a chance to go there without having the vaccine, as it turned out. And again, he gets on the plane believing he will get in. But it's like, I, I believe I will get in next week because I have what I believe to be the right paperwork. And yes, I'm vaccinated, but the visa and everything and and that's what he did will he change his way of thinking it depends how and how do the other tournaments react how do the other countries react you know do they will they stand together will it be slightly different will there be exemptions i think it I think is it it's made interesting it... that we haven't heard anything from any organizations we haven't heard anything from the itf we haven't heard anything from atp other slams anything I suppose that there's probably waiting to see what the the situation is. Hundred um, percent. I'm not saying it, it. I'm not saying it is interesting that we haven't heard anything from them. I'm just wondering if no, it is, they're like, just because we they're, they're waiting, aren't they? There's there's nothing. Yeah. You know, can you imagine if one of them came out and said, "Well, I'd let them." But it's not up to them, like like Australia's borders. They can't do anything about but, that. And 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 again, you, you always talk about this, and it's so true. Tennis is an individual sport. These are individual tournaments. These are individual people. It's it's not like a a, a massive body. You know, uh, Roland Garros doesn't have to do what Wimbledon does. And remember when Roland Garros jumped into the October slot and everyone was like, whoa, what's happening there? And they said, we wanted to stage our tournament. You know, they they are they work together, but they're also independent. So I imagine I imagine they're watching. I imagine they're watching with interest. But but sadly, no one comes out this. No one comes out of this. Well, I, I think that's I think that's the sad thing. I'm be fascinated to see how Djokovic responds as well because like we haven't really heard yeah. from him have we because he's he's being detained but once it's all said and done we imagine the likely situation is that he'll get deported he'll get go home to Monaco or Belgrade wherever he wants to go and then he'll say something right what's he gonna say but then he's he's, he's what got can a, you do I mean it sounds quite basic but he might just have to suck it up because you know he's a 
he's a known figure. He's he's the world number one. If he starts, however poorly he feels, he's been. I feel like it's quite an ordeal. Like if if you think you haven't done anything wrong. You've gone through quite an ordeal. I think you'd be fairly, as I say, you'd be fairly. But, but can annoyed. you imagine if he comes out and starts lambasting organisation after, unless he just aims it at the Australian government or border force? But if he starts lashing out left, right, and centre, however bad he feels, it you know is this is this long term tarnishing even more the reputation and the image of someone who wants to be the greatest of all time? And and does that come into it? Does that play a part? Because he still has an image, uh, and we know how um, how much he loves. <laughs> he, he like he wants to be loved, like Federer and Nadal. But he just has a way of really rubbing people up the wrong way. I think I think the best thing I say the best thing he could do is is say it was reinstated is to leave. Say I'm not in the right frame of mind. I'm just going to take myself a little bit. Remember when Naomi Osaka? Everything that happened at, at Roland Garros. She said. I'm stopping now because I don't want this to take over. I'm stepping away from the situation. It, I know it's a very different situation, but she took herself out of a situation that was dominating, that was taking over the tournament. And I think even if his visa was granted, if I were him, I think the best thing he could do for, for image himself, for everyone, for the tournament would be to say, then to say, look, I've been treated poor, etc., etc. I'm going to remove myself from the situation. I think that's for the best. If he's deported and, and he stayed there to fight and he goes back. I think it's going to be really interesting what happens next. But I've just got a feeling that, I mean, he can't go seismic. I mean, he can't, can he? I don't know. Maybe, maybe he can. I'm not, I'm not sure. But I just think that it's, it doesn't define the rest of the year because the rest the year is ever changing and rules will change and entrances will change. And maybe there'll be some bodies that want to show up other things or make of this I, I don't know everyone is so different haven't got a clue how the rest of the year will pan out for him all the other players who aren't vaccinated for it will make it it will definitely make it tougher for them to compete but how this works out from here it, it feels like we're in this holding position now we have the Czech player who uh, we are talking about it it is big news but it, it's nowhere near what's happening with Djokovic but can you imagine Monday morning in Melbourne, when there is a hearing and news comes out, it's as I say, it just it just doesn't end well. As the really sad thing here is, it, it's not a good look and and it doesn't end well. But I think the best for all concerned would for him to, whether it's by his own volition or not, is to leave Australia and just to let the tournament take place and the fallout will continue. Now I knew there was a reason we time stamped this episode because things keep changing and. And the the very latest as we sort of move towards the end of our discussion on it for this point, but the Australian border force have confirmed that its investigation into the visa status of two other individuals connected to the Australian Open has concluded. They've confirmed that one individual has voluntarily departed Australia following inquiries. And they can also confirm that the visa of a third individual has been cancelled. This person has been taken into immigration detention pending their removal from Australia, which goes back to what we said a few minutes ago. It does not bode well for Novak Djokovic, who's just posted on Instagram. Thank you to people around the world for your continuous support. I feel it and it's greatly appreciated. So quite possibly for Djokovic, as we touched on, it's not he didn't fight to stay there to get it overturned into play. He's merely fighting to put his case forward and possibly clear his name Oof. yeah I mean 
again, just a, a bit of a, a what complete mess, isn't it? Really, I don't. Interesting that one of them volunteered to go. Does that does that sort of make you feel like oh they knew they were in the wrong or something like? That? I don't know. I don't know. I just don't, I don't know what what to make of it. It's um, it's a real shame, isn't it? But again, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have gone because they knew they were in the wrong because they believed they were in the right because they were let in. So I think they were probably told. Maybe Border Force said, "Look, whatever you were told." We made it clear that having COVID in the last six months would not be enough for a medical exemption and we're not going to budge on that. So maybe they just thought, you know, it's just easier to leave, despite the fact they were obviously let into the country and they're going about their business. If this other individual is the Czech player who we know is in in the hotel, it seems like she is just waiting to leave. But, it, you know, I, I think they voluntarily left because they were told this isn't going to change. And if you're Djokovic and you're Djokovic's team, maybe they knew from the start that maybe I don't, is it, it won't look so bad if he gets through this, puts his case forward and goes on Monday rather than if he'd just been deported and stuck on a plane back to Dubai that night. Right. Does this in some way look, look better? I don't know. I don't, I don't think there's a way to make any of this look better or better for Djokovic. Yeah. Right. Rather than, you know, that kind of oh, tail between his legs, he got back on a plane. He's saying, well, actually, I'm not in the wrong here. I want to stay in and fight, even if it's a losing battle. He wants to be able to, or his lawyers or whoever's going to do the speaking, if there is any speaking, put their case across. Yeah, look, I mean, let's not beat about the bush. Like, he's he does not want a vaccination. He is a vaccine sceptic. He thinks he should be allowed to go in and play and have exemptions, like... You know, so he thinks that he he should be allowed, he should be allowed in. I guess, um, but he was told he was he was told he could come in. He, I, I think well, that exactly wasn't he. I mean, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? Though, because Craig Tiley was saying like not even that long ago, maybe two weeks ago, a week ago, saying um, that like yeah, sure, there'll be some exemptions, but it's barely anyone. And the, the number of like f- was it five knocked around? There'd be five exemptions. So yes, one of them might be Novak Djokovic, which is a big deal. But you know, there's only going to be five out of the hundreds, the thousands of people that are coming. You know, whatever it may be. Um, so sort of like it's not a big deal. Um, it's turned into quite a big deal. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this everyone's been sent home. It sort of feels like oh. it's the tip of the iceberg, and I think a lot does depend yeah. on how Djokovic wants to tackle this. If he wants to take action or or go after whoever was in the wrong. Do you know what I mean? I, that's why I think it's so intriguing his next steps because while he he was in the wrong at some level, he has been wronged, and I think his next move is fascinating. Does he try and take someone down? Does he try and put someone up there and say it's their fault, not mine? Does he go quietly and accept it? I I think that is almost the the, the fascinating next chapter to this and does he then get a vaccination and continue to play on the tour or does he what does he do I he just, is he's I stuck he's stuck he's currently stuck in, in a detention center in australia but he was uh he's yeah really really stuck on this he's gonna have to give really on his sort of um his beliefs like you were saying with the elbow thing he cried before having to do it because everything that he all the alternative stuff turns out it doesn't work and that he had to have a surgery that does work but he doesn't want didn't want that stuff in his body but that was necessary for him to continue playing tennis is this the same thing well this is going to be necessary for you to continue playing tennis you might not want it you might think that you're 
you, you know, you're not going to be affected by COVID, whatever, or that you don't influence other people being affected by COVID. Whatever. I don't know what he thinks. Um, but ultimately, if you want to keep playing, you're going to need to have it. It's very similar, as you were saying, to that elbow situation that he had. So uh, he gave on that, didn't he? Will he give on this? I mean, honestly, I remember us talking about when Emma Raducanu won the US Open and I'd say there were some parents at school that would come up to me and start talking about, Emma, this is this is a step beyond. I went to the um, the pharmacy chemist near where we live just to get a pick up a prescription for uh, for my father. And, and the woman in the chemist uh, said, what about Djokovic? And I don't think I've ever been as surprised in my life. I mean, we normally say, hello, how are you? I've come for collect the prescription. But literally she looked at me and said, what about this Djokovic? And started reeling off bits from what's happened. And said, so, mm. and, and he got this flight and he came. And I, I, I was sort of gobsmacked. And there's people waiting behind for their prescriptions. She just wanted to talk Novak Djokovic. And I was like, okay. And, and everyone I've come across and... Uh, you know I'm sort of going out there no one can just this this is everywhere everyone is talking because every time you look at the news it's it's leading the news it is leading the news what's going to happen and we're not even at the conclusion of it it's it's quite incredible it's just sad it's not for good reasons it's just sad that Mm. it's just sad that this doesn't end well on any part I I think that for me that's that's a sad thing going into the the start of what would have been a, a fresh year the first grant the happy slam Traditionally, the happy slam. Um, mm. It's just sad. While I say at the same time, I mean, this the form of Naomi Osaka playing with a smile, happy to be there, has been so good to see. Some of the, the early matchups we've seen, some of the celebrations from the from the ATP Cup that I've just sort of seen on, on social media, none of that, that probably would have formed the bulk of our podcast this week. And it's it, it's overshadowed and it's dominated by what has turned into a global story. Yeah, just extraordinary. I've said recently tennis has a habit of getting itself in the news. I mean, what sport is front page news more often than tennis? <laughs> it feels unbelievable at the moment. Ah, oh, And a lot of it is to do with Djokovic, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, look, by the time the Australian Open starts, this will all be resolved and we'll be able to think about the tennis. But I do sort of anticipate some disruption in the crowd, whether he gets let in or not. If he gets let in, I think there's going to be some major disruption with the crowds. Um, they will not be happy about it in general. Uh, and if he doesn't, there'll be some very vocal support. We've already seen somebody getting kicked out for us, or not kicked out, but the sign was taken off them that they had uh, in support of Djokovic, even though it was taken off them because it was nothing to do with Djokovic. It was to do, because it was a political uh, statement about their own government, uh, which are not allowed. It's against the rules. It's written on everybody. You know, you sign a contract when you buy a ticket. You can't come and make political statements in the crowd. Like that's it. So that was fairly uh, clear cut. Um, but you know, that's just one thing. You sort of imagine there will be quite a lot of um, of support for him uh, amongst the crowd and and flags and fans that probably have already bought their tickets, thinking they're going to see him anyway. And maybe going forward, you just get rid of you just get rid of exemptions. I don't know. Maybe that's the easiest thing to do. Don't well, have any grey areas are always tricky, aren't they? You know, maybe you just maybe you leave it with the government, and if the government have got to say, I, I don't know. I just you, this this cannot happen again. It's been an absolute mess. Right. Um, okay. One, one last question. Um, in the last thirty six hours, how many hours of sleep do you think Craig Tiley has had? Ooh. Um... <laughs> Two. It's de- it's de- I was going to say, it's definitely not in double figures. It's definitely it's not in double figures. So I, I would imagine at this time of year, it's not high anyway. 
Because, yeah, true, true. He's probably know, on about four or five hours just generally, yeah. Yeah, generally at this time of year. But this is, and, you know, that the, everything that's coming up, the fact that it's changing, the fact that you've got Novak Djokovic in a quarantine hotel, you know, it's, wow. It's, yeah, because remember uh, he was at the airport all night. So I imagine that Craig Tiley in Tennis Australia, everybody was up trying to work out what was going on. So oh, absolutely. I mean, they're going to be ruined before the tournament even starts. And we know how tough slams are. It's uh, it's brutal. And it's a, it's a really sad way to start. But hopefully next week when we do the pod, well, there'll be a resolution. We're going to get that probably Monday or so. So we'll... We'll try and record as early in the week as possible. We'll have a resolution there. Hopefully we can spend some other pod looking ahead to the tournament. I should say Samantha sent us an email. Samantha, I, I promise I'll ask the questions to Naomi next week. I'll pop those in next week. So we'll do more tennis things. The cold showers, I just want to tell you, are continuing. And I'm just permanently <laughs> cold. So I, maybe I'm doing them wrong because I, <laughs> I don't think this is how I should feel. I literally shiver all day. Um, so they are still going. That New Year's resolution has kicked in. Um, but wow, this is, uh, wow. I think that, it, what a mess, really. I think I started with that. I think I can finish with that. I just, it's sad, isn't it, that this has all happened. So, but let's hope by next week, again, there's no winners in this situation, but we'll be back to talking about and building up to the tennis and the and the and the players that are there. Yeah, I mean it is it's unfortunate if it was just sort of miscommunication. It's really sad if it if all this has happened because it's been sort of politicized. It's probably a combination of all of it, isn't it really? So yeah, it's not it's not nice that uh, tennis is being talked about like this, but uh, I'm sure the results of the Australian Open in a couple of weeks will blow all of this out of the out of the water, but uh, yeah, I think this will this will run along for a long time because you know, I would expect him to to uh, take action or say something or I don't know. Maybe this is going to be the boost that he yeah. needs for to really get the PTPA going because that's been sort of languishing around a, a little bit. Maybe that's what he's looking like, not what he's looking for. He would never look for this in a situation. That's not what I meant at all. But you know, maybe that's where it that's where he'll channel his energy and frustrations in into that. Ah, uh, who knows? Who knows? But. Uh, yeah. No, I'm 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 intrigued. I'm intrigued by by his next step at the outcome of this and I think he has to I think he has to I think he has to be careful with how he plays it, but I don't know, maybe not. Um because he has been has been wronged in this and again there'll be people going, Well he hasn't what well, he has he you know, there's rights and wrongs all over the place in this and again it just comes down to it being a mess. Oh, but we will we'll keep an eye on it. And, <laughs> you can't um, not, can you? We'll look to, <laughs> My phone's been going crazy. Well, not, every not time I pic- check it, every WhatsApp group has got about 50 messages I've missed. It's unbelievable. And as I say, going to the local pharmacy, I've only ever said, hello, goodbye. How are you? Fine. How's for Novak Djokovic? I was like, okay, excellent. That's not what I came in for, but we can do that. So honestly, oh. it's what everybody is talking about, which we have been talking about. We We've started... 2022 in in style with a nice long pod and um yeah let's let's do this again next week when we've got an outcome from what happens with Novak Djokovic and and uh, get ready with your predictions which might now change for who's going to win the Australian Open yeah. <laughs> well yeah let's see who's in the tournament <laughs> yeah let's Goodbye. let's wait let's wait for it to calm down bye